Amen. Well, uh, this is the third week in our series, Abiding. Somebody shout abiding. abiding. We're going to talk about that, abiding. And our uh, subtitle is Missing Jesus. Missing Jesus. Um, once again, third week. Our text has been Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. I want to take the time to read through all of that. But it's the story we've been talking about on the two disciples. Uh, after the resurrection, they're on the road to Emmaus, this, this town, and they're discussing what's going on in the community, in the city, all that has happened about Jesus being crucified. And they didn't recognize that he had already risen. And, and they were in the midst of all the pandemonium and all the confusion <clears throat> and all the fear. And so they, the, the, Jesus kind of shows up and says, hey, what's up? What are you guys talking about? And so they said, where have you been? You know, I mean, this is how they talk to Jesus. And, 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 and have you been kind of hiding somewhere? I mean, don't you know what's going on? And so, so Jesus says, tell me what? And then Jesus says something to them, you slow of heart and, and, and hard to believe. And then he begins to share from the scriptures, him, Jesus Christ, had to go through these things. And so we pick up. In verse uh, chapter 24, verse 29, where it said this, uh, it got late towards the evening, and Jesus, we said this, was going to continue on. Watch this. He was just going to continue to walk. And, you know, and that's what many of us, when we're going to talk today about missing Jesus, that we don't mind kind of having Jesus at arm's length. Come on, somebody. And, you know, it's like, well, I believe in God. The Bible says in James that demons believe and they tremble. So there's something, you know, I've heard someone one side of this preacher say, do you have demon faith? <laughs> yeah, what's that? It means you, you believe, but it's no different than demons because demons believe and they tremble at the name. So that's to tell us there's something further than just saying, I believe in God. There's something more that God wants to do in and through our lives when it comes to the true gospel and salvation. Can you say amen? amen. And so so they, they, they say this. They say, Jesus, abide. Stay with us. See, there's the hunger. And there's the thirst. See, when you truly are born again, watch this, there will be a hunger and a thirst. You're here today because you're hungering and you're thirsting. That's why you're here. <clears throat> I highly doubt, you know, especially this younger generation, and the age of our church keeps getting younger and younger because we have ladies having more babies. <laughs> I think there was, what, six or nine pregnant. And, you know, so you're having, and some are being born. Praise God for that. But, 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 but there's, you know, there's a hunger and it's a thirst. I, yeah, there are people that go to church for religious reasons. It just goes just to clock in so they can kind of have a little feel good. We're not talking about that. We're talking about authentic hunger that every day you wake up, you know in your spirit, man or woman, there's a need. I need more of God. Now, how do you get more of God and all that? And, you know, I believe there's a hunger. There's a spiritual hunger that when you are truly born again, God places that seed inside of you and you desire. You desire. Many years ago, there was a there was an older man here, part of the church. Uh, uh, he passed. He passed on, and I actually did his funeral. But uh, his wife kind of brought him to the church, and and uh, I, you know, uh, shared with him. We loved on them. We, you know, they were in, in a very distraught situation financially, and the church loved on them and reached out, and I mean, just did a lot of practical things and uh, for them, and it, and it really spoke to him. So he started coming to church, and he would come to church. He would sit over in this area and he was in his 70s and 
and I remember just, you know, preaching, and, and, and he just never, it just didn't seem like anything clicked with him, and then I thought, you know, Lord, when is this man, it's going to click with him, and I preach a bomb service. How many know what a bomb service is? Every Monday, I, yes, thank you, Kim. Uh, I go, was that a bomb service on Sunday? Did anybody get anything out of that? And see, let me just tell you this, that we are looking for these aha moments in the church. So, if you, you know, when, uh, when things are preached and, and, and the word of God goes forth and, and, and there's a testimony, I don't care how small it is, we want to know. That's important so that we can let others know there are things that are happening in people's lives, even now, when the word goes forth, that it's changing, it's altering people's lives, it's having an impact. Well, back to the story of this, uh, I was one of those bomb services, and at the end of the service, I think, okay, that's it, I'm washed up, it's over. And this guy comes forward, and he's kind of staggering, and, and then I, I just go over to pray with him, I said, everything all right, what's up? And he said, you know, I've always asked you know, the Christ child, if he was real. And today, and he started crying. He said, today, he told me he was. And I said, you just got born again. It clicked with this guy. I mean, months, actually years, he was coming, hearing, and hearing, and hearing. I was like, but how many know God's word will not return void. You know what that means? It'll keep going. It'll keep you working at you. When you leave here, some of you may be angry. It's like, I don't like what Pastor Mike said. It really bothers me. That's the word. That's working in our hearts, in our minds, changing us. Can I, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> and this guy was born again. And, 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 and he said, how do you know that? It so changed his life. He started this feeding, watch this, feeding frenzy of I want to feed myself, I want to grow myself. So he'd read the Bible. He started reading some books and Purpose Driven Life. And he's just, and he goes, and every day did we come up, his life was, you know, it's like he was totally changed. He was actually saved. Nobody prayed for him. Nobody laid hands on him. It's just, it clicked within him. He recognized it. He said, I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And he was, he was born again. And, and, and there was a hunger. And then I would talk to him weeks later, a month later. It so impacted the family. Family members outside the community came just to go, What's, what, what happened to this guy? He was born again. Did that man's funeral. He is with the Lord today. Amen. And a service I thought was a bomb service. God is greater He's a lot greater than me. Amen? <laughs> and my point is, is that when we're authentically saved, there's a hunger. So Pastor Mike, I don't have that. And we'll talk about that. But there's a hunger that when you're truly born again, and there's this, there's this, this, this passion that, Lord, I need you more. And so, so we get to this point. They say, abide with us for it's towards evening. The day is far spent. So Jesus, you know, takes, it, takes that invitation invitation. You know, uh, uh, let me just say that I, I believe that when you truly are born again, there's a hunger that you want more of the Lord. How many see that say amen? amen. And, and so Jesus, he breaks bread with them uh, and he has communion and the Bible says their eyes were open in Luke 24, 31 and then he vanishes. He's gone. You think he would stick around? You know what I mean? Ho, 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 hold up. What happened? I mean, what, what, what was it like? You know, he's gone. He's, he, he, he was gone. And so their, their hearts on the road, they were in the right place. 
But sometimes, my brothers and sisters, we can be so busy, so distracted, the crisis, the disaster, and we can miss the moments of his presence. And I want to talk about missing Jesus. John 15, 5. John 15, 5. Jesus says this, said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever, there's that word again, abides in me and I in him. It is he that bears much fruit. How many want to bear fruit? I do. I want to bear fruit. I want to have a life that's fruitful. Bears much fruit. <clears throat> For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Actually, I looked at that, that word in the Greek. To do nothing means to accomplish, to bring about, and it actually means nothing at all. You say, whoa, 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 hold on, Pastor Mike. I can do a lot of things. There's a lot of gifted people that are here today. There's a lot of things you can do. You, you know, you, 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 whatever your profession may be, or a teacher, or a trucker, or a construction, or a musician, or whatever it may be, and there's a lot of things you could do on the side, hands, things that are, hear me, eternal and are lasting that live on, we can't do. Only God can do that through us, and we need him. How many with me say amen? But you know what? It's still, let me just bring it down to practicality. I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm working a house or whatever, especially if I work on electrical, I'm praying. Amen? You know what I mean? I stop, put one hand in my pocket. Now, Jesus, help me, you know. Let me not be foolish in this moment. Amen? And, you know, yeah, accidents, things happen. But, you know, I think you, God wants us to bring him into every daily thing in our life. Amen? How many with me say amen? And so their hearts are in the right place. But God says this in John 15, 5, I'm the vine and, uh, and you are the branches, abiding, abiding. What does it mean to abide? The first thing I would say when we talk about abiding is connection, connection. What does it mean as us as branches and, you know, he is the vine? You know, a relationship in which the person is linked or associated with one another. That's what it means, a connection. Connection, husband and wife. There should be a connection there when we talk about abiding. So abiding in Jesus first means having a life-giving relationship, a connection to Christ. It's what theologians describe as union with Christ. Union with Christ. What do you mean? It's the central truth. One definition talks about union with Christ. The central truth of the, the whole doctrine of salvation. It's talking about mutual indwelling. It, 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 that, that's what we mean by connection. But I want you to notice that this connection, this union is mutual. Did you get that? It's mutual. We abide in him. He abides in us. Sometimes we just get, you know, can kind of have this concept, especially in, in America, that once I get that part taken care of, I can go on living my life, ignoring God till Sunday, come on somebody, from 10.30 to maybe 11.30 or 11.45. Then I have my life. No, abiding is when you leave here. Abiding is Tuesday night. Come on. Abiding is Friday night at 2 a.m. Come on, somebody. Abiding. It's, 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 it's constant, it's consistent, abiding. There's that connection, a connection. So we abide in him, and he abides in us. So if there is no connection, there is no fruit. There's no life. There's no fruit. That's what it's talking about. It's mutual. It goes both ways. How many wants to marry somebody that doesn't want to marry them? No. <laughs> I want to be with you, but I don't want to be with you. And you stumble, and you try, and you pursue. You know, we've heard the stories about that, and wealthy businessmen that, you know, they show up in airplanes with flowers, roses in the whole plane, and trying to, you know, spending, and this lady's want nothing to do with him. <laughs> you would think, oh, they're crazy. He could have everything. No, it's not true love. 
How many want to be with someone that they want to be with you? And that's the, that's the, that's the picture here that we get where two people feel the same way about each other. And so we see that there is a connection when we talk about abiding. The second thing is there's a dependence. Abiding implies dependence. I want you to grab a hold of this. This aspect of abiding, unlike connection, this is not reciprocal. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? How many know that the branch is dependent on the vine, but the vine is not dependent on the branch? Come on. So, so the branch, watch this, derives its life and power from the vine. We got it backwards in America. We're the vine trying to connect to the branch and say, you know what? <laughs> we, got, we got it backwards. And, and, and God wants to change it. And that's, that's changing. I really believe there's, there's heart change that's happening in this nation. God has not been silent these last three months, okay, globally even. Uh, and, and we talked about that earlier. But without the vine, the branch divide, uh, derives its life and power from the vine. Without the vine, the branch is useless, lifeless. It's powerless. We know that sap flows from the vine to the branch, supplying it with water, minerals, nutrients that make it grow. It's not the other way around. Amen? I mean, even if you try to graft something, you graft it into the vine. Isn't that right? And, and you can get something to grow. So, so there is this dependence, and that is on our part. Our part. Hunger. Hunger. Abiding. So we have connection, dependence. And there's this continuing. Abiding involves continuing. Actually, abide means to remain, to stay, to continue through the good times, through the unanswered prayer times. Can I get an Amen. To the unanswered, seemingly, times I prayed for healing and they died and it hurt really bad. Abiding. Abiding in the vine. When my kids had to turn out just how I wanted them to. And I really did the best job I knew how as a parent. And God knows my heart how much I love them, but they're, they're not going in the right direction and it agonizes my heart. But I'm still going to abide. I'm not going to put my finger at God and accuse him of something that he didn't do. Can I get an amen? amen. Continuance, continuing. Abide means to remain, to remain in Jesus. That means we go on trusting. That means we go on, keep on depending. That we never stop believing. To abide in Jesus is to persevere in Jesus and his teaching, even when we don't feel like it. That's what it means to abide. I know it's not a uh, feel-good message, but it's the truth. I'm preaching the truth to you. Watch this. Watch this. This is a powerful. Eugene Peterson, he wrote the Message Bible in the translation. He said this. Discipleship is a long obedience. Somebody shout long obedience. Long obedience. In the same direction. That's what it is. It's not, all right, all right. I'm going to try to live right now for the next 60 days. This is you got, Jesus. After that, if I don't see change, I'm going back to my old ways. Come on, somebody. It's a, a whole lifetime of obedience, long obedience in the same direction. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. All right, quickly here. James 4, 7 and 8. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God. See, there's this thing abiding. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Hands and hearts, we see you double-minded, double-minded. And so there's, there, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a challenge in there. 
in, in that verse. I'm not going to break that down, but let me just say this. You say, okay, pastor, I don't, I, I, I want to abide, but I don't feel God's presence. And how many of you know there are time, many times in our walk, you're not going to feel God's presence, but he's with you. I said he is with you. He never left you, forsake you. He is with you. He is with you. You may not see him. You may not feel him. You kind of wonder, where, what's going on? Those are the times you have to take charge of your mind and your thoughts to know what That's the enemy telling you God has abandoned you. Those are lies. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. I don't feel the presence of God around me. I'm not aware of him in day in, day out. And, you know, there are seasons we go through, seasons we call, you know, the Bible, you know, kind of relate to like wilderness seasons. But, you know, even in the wilderness, God supernaturally provided for the children of Israel. Can I get an amen? And so God will still continue to provide. And so so how do we change that? You know, how do we... Uh, how, how do we uh, uh, change that, 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 that thinking that about God's presence? Let me just say this. Psalm 139.7, David prays. He says, how, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Where can I go? And he, David, he can't cannot come up with an answer to that. Because why? God's spirit and presence is everywhere. He is with us. When you leave here today, he is with you. He goes with you, whether you feel him or not. Can you say Amen. God is with you. And so, let me just, the times when you feel like God is, you know, not with you, what do you do in those times? And, and what are some of the times where we can actually feel like we miss the presence of God? We miss the presence of God. And so, we shared this last week a little bit, when life turns upside down, very quickly. You know, we talked about the story about Jacob, when he's running from his life, from his brother, and he's fear-filled, and, and uh, the, you know, his brothers threaten to kill him. And in the midst of all of that chaos... In the midst of all that confusion, in the midst of all of that tumultuous time, he has an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God. And here's the thing. God speaks to him through a dream, through a dream in in Genesis 28. And he says this. He says, the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. One of the things I believe God is doing now over these last three, four months here with this pandemic and now we have the riots is God is making his presence more aware in our life and he's waking people up to the reality that the answer is in in the government. It's not in riots. The answer is in Jesus. The answer is we got to come back to God. The answer is from my life. And uh, the only way I'm going to be free from the hate and injustice is to get healed in my life, in my spirit, man or woman. Can I get an amen? So life, when it turns upside down, we can miss the Lord in the midst of these moments. When our life is in turmoil, <clears throat> and, and, but you need to remember, God is with you. How else? How else? When, when we're under attack, when we feel that we're under attack. I love the story about when Elijah, he has an army. Uh, they come out to, to get him, and <clears throat> he's ticked off a king in 2 Kings 6. And so they send this army again him. And so when Elijah's servant, he freaks out because he goes, we're surrounded. These guys are going to kill us. And Elisha prays, and, and Elisha, I just love it. He's just kind of at peace, and he prays, and Lord, just show them who's really with us than with you know, them out there. And the Bible says that the, the servant, he begins to see horses and chariots of fire all around. And, 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 and that's how God wants us to view our present difficult situation. We're under attack, that there's more with you than against you. That God is with you. And unless we have eyes to see that. And so there was a supernatural army of angels that were there before them. But the servant, he didn't see it. He got caught up in the midst of the, the, the opposition and the, and the attack and the difficulty. 
And he couldn't see it. And so, so some of you may be feeling that you're under attack today. And you know, my prayer is that God would open your eyes, that you would see that there are more that are with you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And you say amen. Hallelujah. I remember we were at a Ukraine trip. I've shared this before. And we were on the return portion of this trip. And we had a, a large team. There was about a dozen that were on this, this trip. And, uh, they, you know, you got to spend two, three hours just to, just to leave to get to the airport because you don't know about traffic. Well, there's only three bridges where we were at to get across to get to the airport. So we drive out the first bridge. The first bridge is out. We drive past the <clears throat> second bridge. And the second bridge is totally empty, but there are just, there's nobody on it, but it was closed. So we drive to the third bridge, and, and I liken it like a bunch of ants on a sugar pile. I mean, everyone's trying to get over this bridge. And so we're waiting there. We're waiting there. The clock's ticking. And here's the thing. They only had two flights a week heading out of Ukraine, Kiev. And if we missed that, it would be at least, if we could get all of us onto the next flight. I mean, you know what I mean? We could have been there another week and a half. Or, or, and I was thinking, we got to get on this plane. We got to get on this plane. And, and uh, so I said, let's get out of here. So we drove off the ramp, drove down to the one that was empty. And we show up there, and it's about... 50 or 60 people chanting and screaming. And, and we show up, and I call it our veggie tail van because it was all different colors. And we pulled up in this van, and, and we're like, what's going on? I said, well, the bridge is out. It's, no one's on the bridge, nobody. And the bridge is out. It's under repairs. And I'm like, we got to get to the airport. These two guys were, it seemed like they just turned 18, these soldiers. And they're standing there, and they had flashlights, and I think they call them stick men. They didn't even have weapons. They had little orange lights, you know. They were horrified, these guys, but they, they were told, don't let anybody through. Oh, man, for 20 minutes, we had the team, and some of the team were begging, push out, please, let us get through, let us get through, we got to go, and nothing. I went back, and I just went into the veggie teal van, and, and there was a precious girl that was in there, and, and she started crying, oh, Jesus, and I'm like, oh, God. I said, God, no emotion here, we got to get through this. You, uh, we need you to move now. Come on, somebody. Now, well, one of the <laughs> interpreters walked up. You've heard this story, many of you. And, and he walked up and he went to the two guys. He said, listen, we have an American entourage here. They're missionaries. They sacrificed coming to this country. And, and they love the people of Ukraine. And, and they've been here many, many times. And you need to let them through. They're going to miss their flight. And, and if you don't, then it's going to be on Oprah. And it'll be an international scandal. It'll be your fault. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> And I went, what? And they went, let's go. So they let us through three vans. You know, that was it. And they closed the gate back off. People were screaming. We made it through. And I'm like, how? I said, what did you tell them? He goes, that's what I told them. <laughs> it worked. God got us through. How many with me say amen? So when you feel like you're under attack, know that God is with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. This one's a little heavy. We were dealing with our own sin. Hmm. It's a little trickier. See, here's the thing. When we sin, we choose to separate ourselves from God. I want it to sink in. You know, the thing about sin and the power of sin, sin has no power over you. The Bible says that. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law. You're under grace. Amen? But you know the thing why people sin? Because they like it. Amen, Pastor Mike. So if there's something difficult for you to overcome, 
What you need to see is how much God loves you more than you love the sin. Are you following with me? See, because when you love God more and you sense his love more, that fades away. There are certain things in my life that just, they, they don't even tempt me. You can throw them before me, but somebody else, that could be the grip in their soul. Why? Because they, they still love that more than not. I don't mean that to be a heavy, but that's just the facts, right? Because when you lose your passion and see, and when we fall in love with the Lord, God takes those desires and, well, he's going to struggle. We're going to have things we're going to deal with, but he's going to make you gain ascendancy over that to where he'll give you new desires. Amen. Amen. And change your heart. That's a process. I've heard people that, you know, they, you know, these are just leaves on the tree. You know, we talk about things, alcohol, drugs, you know, smoking. But I remember this one gal that she smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. And she was really wanting to quit, but she, was, she, she got saved. She was born again. She was set free in that moment. Now, that doesn't happen for everybody. Some people, they have to work that through. They work that out, and they got to, you know, patch everything else, prayer, and, and fight through that and get free with discipline. Amen? But God still delivers. Amen? amen? He still delivers. Can you say amen? amen. And so uh, David talks about, you know, when we separate ourselves from God, he talks about this feeling in the, his confession in Psalm 51, 11. He says, do not cast me away from your presence. Why? Because sin causes us to hide. Amen? Sin causes us to hide. We want to hide. We don't want to come to church when we feel, you know, crummy. But that's the time you need to be in church. Say, so what do you mean? People will judge me. No. This is a place of cleansing. This is a place of healing. This is a, a place of redemption. Amen? It's a place of freedom. Like Adam and Eve, when they had sinned, they were hiding. They were hiding. And some of you, you're, you're just hiding. Maybe out there in Facebook land, I don't know, hiding, hiding, just hiding. Why? Because, you know, your past pain, maybe regret or insecurities and, and, and you're feeling distant from God because of your sin, distant. And, and I can give you no better encouragement than, than what David did in that moment in brokenness of heart. Watch this in Psalm 51. He repents and he draws near to God. He changes his mind. He agrees with God and say, you are right. I am wrong. I can't justify this anymore. See, when he sinned with Bathsheba, they say that period was nine months to a year, maybe 13 or 14 months, that he had her husband killed. So he's king. He's ruler of Israel. Nobody knows what happened but him. God, and how many know when God knows when God can tell anybody, amen? And God tells his prophet Nathan and said, go to the king and tell him what you did displeased. And at that moment, David could have said, kill this man. He could have had him killed, but he said, you're right. And, and when God's, hear me, when God points his finger of love at us, that is our heart response. You are right, Lord. This is wrong. God, for, come on, somebody. Amen. God, forgive me. I, 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 I bow my knee. You are right. Your way is right. See, freedom comes from that. I said freedom comes from, from humility and repentance. How many with me say amen? So we draw near. We change our mind. We agree with God. We agree with God. You know, don't be one of those Christian atheists. How many have you heard that term? 
Actually, his staff were reading a book on Christian atheists by Craig Rochelle. It's a great book. Christian atheists, there are people that, 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 that you know, believe in God, but don't believe this portion of the word. <laughs> believe in God, but don't pray. Believe in God, but don't think you should go to church. Come on, somebody. Believe in God, but you shouldn't give. And believe in, it's on and on and on. You're just a Christian atheist. <laughs> Contradiction in terms, but, 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 you know, the times we receive God's grace and forgiveness for our sins, but when it comes to others that hurt us, we won't forgive them. See, that's a, that's a Christian atheist. Come on, somebody. You know, you know, God forbid that you may have to say, I am sorry for what I did to you. God, God forbid, but maybe someday you might have to say that. Say that. And, you know, how many of you know, uh, Bible says in Matthew 5 that if your brother or sister has something against you, first go and be reconciled to them. You can bring your gift, you can bring your offering. The Lord said, first try to deal with that. Now, I know there are situations and abuse and, and those things. You have to be used wisdom and sensitivity in that. We're, we're, you know, I want to get into all of that. But I'm just talking about the, the animosity, unforgiveness to someone. How many of you know that when, when you repent, God forgives you? But you know what? If someone does something, against you, we need to have a forgiving heart. Can you say amen? It is a spirit of pride that says, well, I'm not saying sorry to them because I feel like they won. Really? You go into bondage. It's important, hear me, for us to seek forgiveness of those we've hurt, even, even if it's hard to do. All right, very quickly. When, when we are confused, when we are confused, we're talking about how we can miss the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul said, I was perplexed. He said, I was confused, but I wasn't in despair. It's okay at times that we were confused. Uh, as we read in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus, uh, these two disciples, they, they were confused. They were perplexed. And see, Jesus was there in that moment to help, to carry them along, to explain, to bring understanding. And so, so Jesus is here with you to help you, but you have to still yourself and you have to quiet your soul to hear from him. How many with me say amen? And so hear his voice. Another one would be, I would say, relationship conflict. There's a lot of that that's, that's going on and, and just in our nation. Uh, Matthew 18, 20, the Bible says, where two or three are assembled in my name, there I am in the midst. And, with, and the congregation says, amen, God's in our midst, we're two or three. He's actually talking in the context of that verse of conflict. You say, what do you mean? In Matthew 18, the context of the verse is conflict and relationship issues in the church. So what is that saying? That God is reminding us that even in these moments of conflict with people, God is saying, even in those difficult, strenuous times, children, relationship, family, spouse, brother, sister, employee, whatever it may be, God's saying, I'm still in the midst of that conflict. I want you to make it right. That was for someone here this morning. Amen? So, you know, I, I, I'll just be honest with you. You know, I, I've had to learn my lesson the hard way. When it comes to family issues, uh, I've been be the first to say I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? What I'll get in detail, but uh, you know what? Uh, there's a there's a term called meddling. Everybody over twenty should know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you meddle, and it's like, well, you know what you should do. You know, if, you know, you're, you know, the way you're raising your daughter, the way you're raising, you know, your son, you know what, you're not a good dad, whatever. Come on, somebody, you with me? Stay out of it. 
<laughs> That's a word. Just stay out of it. It's not your place. Lest they ask of you, which rarely would happen. You know, the Bible says that a brother or a sister offended uh, it's like contentions, those like bars of a castle. It's easier for somebody else to speak into the life of somebody than a family member to someone else. Come on, somebody. Let it go. You know, and so I've had to, through the years, just say, you know what? It's not my place. It's not my, it's, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I love you, and I believe God's best for you. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache and tension. Can I get an amen? That was for somebody. M-Y-O-B. Amen? Mind your own business. Uh, Someone just got, <laughs> okay. I know, that's old. I'm done here. We are outside our comfort zone, outside our comfort zone. You know, God is one to, to kind of push us to step out, to step out. And, and there's times, even my own life, he, he pushes me out of the comfort zone. And sometimes he, he sends me somewhere in places that, you know, I really struggle. I remember back in 2006 or 7 I went on a missions trip and actually took my son it was the first missions trip he went on and we went to Oaxaca, Mexico Oaxaca uh, and, and uh, beautiful mountainous range and, and I show up there and I feel like I stepped into hell it was just, I mean, it was just chaotic what was going on. Nobody was really in charge at this camp. And I'm thinking, what is going on? What are we doing? And I was so frustrated. I had my son with me, and he was watching. He was having the time of his life and had his backpack on. I'm thinking, I have good representation here. I almost left and came back. It was that bad. But you know what? I had to have a change of heart. And so I just prayed. I said, God, you, you, got, you got to help me here because I am really stressed and I'm getting out of here. And I remember that moment when the Lord said, ask what you can do. So I went to the, whoever was there as a leader, I don't know, and said, um, can I help with something? Like, what do you mean? I said, I need to do something and tell me what to do. He goes, well, we have a bunch of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> And they need a pig pen. Talk about the lowest. <laughs> I said, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, do you know how to lay block? I said, I'm not the best, but I can do it. I said, okay. So I went with my son and, and, and at 105 degree temperature, uh, 5,000 feet up in this mountain, and I built a pig pen for their pigs um, by hand, mixing it, mortar, and I just, just stayed faithful at that, and we came back, and, and I'm like, I didn't abort the trip, and I was so thankful, and it had an impact on my son's life. How many with me say amen? And so, so there, are, there are times that God is going to put us in, watch this, uncomfortable situations to stretch us. We don't like that, but it's true. And there's times he wants to send you somewhere. And, and he trans he's always moving people. I'm going to venture to prophesy, prophesy even to say that I believe God is moving more people into this area. I just think he's going he's to bring more people in. and just, just, it, 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 It's just going to happen. I believe that. And, but, but sometimes, watch this, watch this. Sometimes uh, God wants you to stay right where you're at. Stay right where you're at. Because why? We want to, that doesn't mean you can't transition in what you're doing and jobs and whatever, but, but sometimes he wants you to stay where you're at because why? When we're in difficult situations, we want, the first thing we want is what? Relief. Relief. And we pack up and we move. It's going to be better here. No, it's not. It's going to be warmer here. It's too hot. It's going to be nicer here. There's mosquitoes. Come on, somebody. It's going to be milder weather here. It's snow and blizzard. <laughs> Home is where God has you. 
if you need to stay where you need to stay, you stay where you're at and say, Lord, I'm going to lean into this. This is a word for somebody. I'm going to lean in. Lord, there's no prospects for men here. So uh, I'm going to go, or there's no prospects for women here. I'm going to, listen, God will bring you your spouse if you stay faithful where you're at. Trust in his timing. Amen? But abide in him. Abide in him. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. What does that mean? Findeth means along the way, as you're serving the Lord, plugged in where you're at, worshiping God, he'll bring the person to you. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Outside our comfort zone. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Matthew 1, 23, as I conclude. The Bible says something interesting about the name of God. So that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When we talk about missing Jesus, it isn't that he has left you. We've allowed these circumstances and these situations to hide, to confuse, to, to create a smokescreen in our life where we kind of wonder and we're perplexed. And that's where the enemy comes in, in our life to make us feel distraught. But you know, the Bible says his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Can we say that? Say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with you. God with you. God with you. You know, I conclude with a story here that I heard about a father that he lost his son. And uh, uh, he was in a toy store. And his son was named Noah. And he said he took him to the Toys R Us and he got detached from me and that was his first child, and he said his fatherly instincts caused him to panic. He said, I could see the doors, and I knew that he hadn't exited, so he was somewhere in the building, but his heart is panicking. I don't know. I've been in a situation like that about it with a child, and it's, it's a real, it grips you, okay, in that moment. And he said, up one corridor, I paced, and down another, around another corridor, around the other side, peeping, looking to find him amid a crowd of people in the Christmas rush, rush and he said, I couldn't find my son. So he said, I found a security guard, and I asked him, do you have a surveillance in the store? He said, yes. He said, do you have a monitor? And he said, yes. Can I look at the monitor? And so he said, yes. So we began to scan the floor. And so he said, the guard began to scan up and down the aisles. And he said, there I saw my son playing with toys. But he was clearly in a state of panic. My son was all by himself among people he didn't know. Our first child was feeling lost and alone, and I didn't know what to do. I asked the guard, do you have an intercom? He said, yes. I said, keep the camera on him. Then I got on the intercom and I said, Noah. My son looked around because he recognized my voice. I continued, stay where you are. He started looking around. It's daddy. I said, don't move. I see you, although you can't see me. Stay where you are. I'm coming. Every head bowed, please. God has never left you life and circumstances that are thrown at you cause us to miss Jesus. And we wonder, where are you, Lord? We begin to question, begin to reason, we begin to have these self-doubts, and, and it affects our whole life. You need to know, Emmanuel, God is with you. Perhaps you're here this morning and you say, you know, I've fallen away. I've walked away from God. I've let whatever it is separate me. Hurts, pains, life issues, difficulties, bitternesses. 
unforgiveness, whatever it may be. You're separated from the Lord. The Lord is drawing you near here today. Abide in me and I will abide in you. James says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. The past has been so long. I, I, feel, I don't even know how to take the step. You know, the first step is number one, is to repent and recognize you're away from the Lord. And that's you here this morning as a pastor, pray for me. Maybe uh, online, Facebook, you're away from God. The first step is the step of recognition. I acknowledge I need you, God. Pray with me if you would this morning as a pastor. I want to take that step of recognition and recognizing I need to get right with God. Let's pray together. Say with me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Take my life. I surrender myself afresh and anew to you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.